and I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I am Rebecca Black. Happy 2020! Yay! Happy New Year! Woo! So here's the deal. We are gearing up for season three, which drops on January 9th. So we definitely need your ghost stories like yesterday. Yeah. Please send those to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And remember that we love the voice memo. So please just open the app and chit chat with it's us. It's not hard. It's so easy. Just play around with it. Yeah. Now, before we do that, we need to finish our countdown of the top 10 stories of 2019. We counted down 10 through 6 in the last podcast, and we're picking up with our number five favorite story. So we've heard a lot about assisted living facilities mm-hmm. this year. And the one that stood out to us the most was the home for chronic <laughs> invalids. So here it is, our number five story. So now I'm so excited to finally get to talk about Kelsey. She used to work at this hospital. She was an overnight nurse oh, in a hospital that I was built in the 1700s. She has so much. We're going to have to dedicate a couple of podcasts right, I was going to say, spread it out over the course of exactly. the season. This is the audio that Kelsey sent to us. So from 2011 to 2019, I worked at this long-term care facility in Portsmouth, New Hampshire as an LNA. In the late 1700s or early 1800s, the mansion part of this building was built. It first was a mansion for the mayor of Portsmouth, and then it turned into the Mark Wentworth Home for Chronic Invalids. It's had a few names, but I used to work um, overnights, and one time I had to fill out a form for HR. Human Resources was on the fifth floor. And because it was in the middle of the night, I didn't want to go up there alone. So I had my coworker go with me. So I filled out what I had to fill out. We went up to the fifth floor and put the form in the box. And we were just kind of um, looking around a little bit. It's dark, but you know, there's a little bit of light because they have like the safety lights on. And we're just kind of looking around and we're like, oh, this isn't so bad. It's just office spaces. My friend was like three feet away from me. And right behind us, we heard a (laughs) just like that. And we froze. And I can't remember which one it was, but one of us said, did you hear that? And we booked it out of there. It was horrible. That was the last time I was going to the fifth floor alone overnight. Ugh. I love that. She says it was horrible, but I'm like, really? He thought you were hot. Yes. The ghost that thought you were catcalling you. Over here. Like, hey, cutie. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. So, okay, here's the story that uh, one of the stories I got from Kelsey. One nurse walked by a bookshelf repeatedly and noticed that the books would change directions, sometimes with the spine facing out the way the books are supposed to face. But then a few minutes later, she would go by and they would be inexplicably facing the other direction. What the heck? And then she would think, okay, I need to go back and fix that. She would go back and they would be turned around again. Come on. So another overnight nurse who doesn't believe in ghosts noticed that the thick binders with the 
residents' information would creep out from their spot on the shelves and eventually fall on the floor. Mm -hmm. So she made it a habit of gently just pushing them back into their spots every time she would walk in the office and notice they were slipping out. So one night, they were working with another nurse, okay? And she started getting frustrated. So she goes by and aggressively just shoves them all back in, turns to walk out, and one of the binders flies over and hits her in the back. (laughs) Hit her! Like, hit hit her! Kelsey had so many stories that we had to call her and actually hear more. When I was working there, I was um, a licensed nursing assistant, and I worked um, overnights, and there was one room at the end of the second floor that all the residents in that area would talk about these kids, and they would be angry. They would call and be angry because these kids are waking them up, and they don't have the ability to sleep often and well, so they got really pissed off. They weren't scared. They were just angry because these kids are running in and out of their room in the middle of the night. You had one story about there was a man yelling, and that multiple people were complaining about the man yelling. Yeah, and that was actually in the same area of the building. It was, again, at the end of the second floor, and I, on that particular night, I was assigned to the second floor. I would go up and down the hallway and check everyone in their rooms, so I never heard anything because I was on the second floor for most of the night, but there was one resident who had called in the middle of the night again angry because someone was yelling and making a ruckus so we kind of thought maybe it was outside because they're apartments and so my co-workers and I went out to the outside of the building to hear but it was wicked late and no one was making any noise or anything and so then in the mornings when we started getting people up I heard two separate people ask about the man hmm. and I'm like what man and they're like the man that was yelling all night Oh my gosh. I didn't hear any man. (laughs) Every now and then we hear from people who have so many ghost stories that we have to have them on more than once. And that was the case with Marie, who lived in a wildly haunted house in Fort Worth, which, by the way, we're going to go check that out before season three starts, right? We need to. We've got the address of this place and we've got to go visit it. Absolutely. But our favorite story from Marie has to be the girl with the balloon. So it's our number four of 2019. I was was lying in bed in the middle of the night and... I keep a light on in the hall in case my daughter walked in and I see the door open. And so I kind of look over and I'm thinking to see my kid and I don't. I see another kid with white hair, toe-headed, messy hair and a white gown walking towards me from the door. And then I notice as they get closer that her, her arms are going up in the air like she's balancing something. And then as she gets closer, I realize it's a balloon. She's keeping a balloon in the air. What? And I watched this kid walk. When the child got to my feet, I looked at her and I went, who are you? And she looked at me and dissipated. <gasps> at that point, <laughs> I was terrified. I reached over and I was shaking the husband going, wake up, wake up, wake up. We interviewed cryptozoologist Ken Gerhard in episode 11 of season two, and he mentioned the Sierra sounds. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're talking about legitimate <laughs> Bigfoot evidence. So we had to go take a look at it just to see what it was all about, and this is what happened. Okay, it's these men in the Sierra Mountains uh-huh. in the 1970s communicating with Bigfoot. Pretty oh, much. Okay, listen. <laughs> It's like a language. Yeah. There's two of them across the creek at the big rocks. Okay, then. That's Bigfoot. No way! He sounded like he said, what the? That's what it sounded like to me, too. Is it French? 
Our number three story comes from one of our favorite people, actor BJ Cleveland. BJ! We love you, BJ. BJ. He had several stories from local theaters, but one that we just couldn't get over came out of the Kalita Humphreys Theater. So that is our number three story of 2019. But the Kalita Humphreys Theater is a very famous theater in Dallas on Turtle Creek. Mm-hmm. And the building is famous because it was designed by legendary architect Frank Lloyd Wright. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have heard about him. This building was built by the city of Dallas in 1959, and he died nine months before it was finished. He designed the building to be very environmental. You don't enter from the street. You walk around the back of the building, and you enter kind of through the woods facing, you know, nature and Nothing in nature and nothing in the building is in a 90-degree angle. Everything is 30 and 60 degrees. So the building is very strange, very windy, lots of you know little hidden areas in the building. So it's kind of creepy anyway, but it's fascinating architecture-wise. It's his only designed freestanding theater, and he did not design it with a lot of electronics in the building. He wanted the scenery to be rolled up this ramp from the basement on one side of the stage, stage right, and then rolled down stage left down another ramp. Well, that's not really conducive to you know moving a show along. Mm-hmm. Sure. So after he died, before they opened the building, they got rid of some of the ramps and Uh-oh. they put in hydraulics so they could bring things up from the basement to up to the stage. Well, apparently he is pissed off of about the changes they made in the building because he does stuff all of the times during shows, during rehearsals, if you're in the theater alone, even when there are people in the theater, things happen, and we all know that it's Frank. I mean, it is Frank Lloyd Wright checking on his building. The things that have happened specifically, a lot of times, stage right, which is where the ramp was taken down, you'll finish a uh, rehearsal late hours, and then when they come in the morning, all of the props will be knocked off the prop table. Um, (laughs) Things your glasses are shattered, things are moved around backstage, and it tends to be stage right. That's the whole ramp thing yeah an elevator my personal experience was one night later at a rehearsal it was probably about 9 30 at night there is a bathroom off stage right near the dressing room so this story's gonna have a little toilet humor in it uh, <laughs> we like that yeah, we're not above that but in the restroom off right there is a urinal there is a stall and there's a single shower so during a break in rehearsal i go in there and i'm at the urinal doing my business and somebody in the stall clears their throat <gasps> and starts stamping the floor and clearing their throat and you know guys are nasty in the bathroom anyway oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, so i'm like okay and somebody's in here letting me know they're in here in case they're you know making noises or whatever so i finish my business and this person keeps clearing their throat and it's kind of a you know and you're thinking what you know okay you're constipated what's the matter so i'm washing my hands and as we do you know you look under the stall to see people's shoes you can usually <laughs> tell you this and i don't Rebecca does that Everybody all the time. That's totally Everybody Rebecca's does. thing. <laughs> but I don't see I don't see any shoes. So I finish walking my hand. The man clears his throat and stomps on the ground again. So I walk around the stall and I look in the shower first and there's nothing. Oh and my then gosh. very much like Don Knotts and the ghost and Mr. Chicken, you know, I'm doing my karate chop and I kick the stall door open and nobody is in there. I go tearing out onto the stage like, you know, a big old girl screaming and says, Frank's in the bathroom with me. And and we go back in there and we're standing, the people come back in there, we go in there, we're standing there and the sink faucet comes on. Sometimes a ghost story just gets to us, even if it's not that scary. One of our favorites came from Sarah about the time she saw George at the foot of her driveway. Back in the early 90s, I was looking to buy a house. I lived in Dallas, having a hard time making ends meet. And I heard that... 
Oak Cliff was very affordable, so I, I bought a house. My girlfriend and I moved in. We made friends with two men across the fence, Mike and George. They had lived there a lot longer. They were older than us, but very sweet, and they would walk their dogs twice a day, and they had these three little kind of prissy little dogs that they would walk, <laughs> and, you know, they'd stop and talk if we were out there, and very nice guys, and we grew close to them, but within a, a few years, you could see that George was struggling with some sort of illness, and uh, there were patches of time that we wouldn't see him at all, and it would just be Mike walking the dogs, and he eventually passed away, and we, we missed him very much. Fast forward about probably six or eight months. I know it was less than a year. I'm working in the backyard, so I'm standing up there by the garage. I'm looking at the street, and up walks George, and he stops, but I'm thinking, that can't be George, because he passed away, but it up walks George, and he stops at the end of my driveway. He doesn't turn his body, which was kind of weird. He just turned his head towards me and gave me a big smile and a happy wave like he always did. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And there he is at the end of my driveway. The thing was, he looked really good. He looked better than I had ever seen him. He had no gray in his hair at all. His hair was a rich black and his mustache was big and puffy and black. He looked young. After he waved, he quickly walked off and I dropped everything and headed down the driveway. And as soon as I got down there, which was two seconds, three seconds, uh, he was gone. He had absolutely no time to turn any corner. I should have been able to catch him in front of the next house, really. But the one thing I remember uh, more than anything is he was wearing these bright blue shorts and a tank top that was had bold colors on it. It was like 80s clothes. The shorts were like shorty shorts. <laughs> it looked like he walked out of the 80s. There's no doubt in my mind that I saw George that day. And what a great way to see him. He was so happy. Our number two story comes from somebody we met just before season two started. The queen of Halloween. We found her on Facebook and she came to tell us some ghost stories. She's also shared some super creepy EVPs. I'm serious. These are like the ones that are like going to make the hair on the back of your neck stand. Oh yeah. Go someplace where you can crank this up and listen to it because you need to hear these voices. Here is Danny's first one that came from the Lizzie Borden house. You died in 1892. Okay, you just barely hear it right there. Yes. Ziggy, can you play that again? You died in 1892. Yes. yes. Okay, so then here is the second one again. You have to listen very, very carefully. This is Danny in the Lizzie Borden house. Okay, that one you can barely hear. Yeah, I hear something, but I'm not sure what it's saying. So Danny says, and it sounds like a male voice yes. whispering to me this time. She says he's saying the downstairs parlor, and it's right there at the very end, very soft. So uh, Ziggy, can you play it again? I heard it that time. Oh my gosh. You know when you whisper and you get that like spitty kind of thing? Yes, yes. I don't hear that. Yeah. So it sounds like it's coming from like I don't know oh yeah and it's a male voice too so it's not Danny Woo-hoo. so here's a final one and this is not at the Lizzie Borden house this is just her favorite one Danny says that she was in a room and that there was an attic and she was too scared to go mm-hmm. up into the attic by herself so right. she was kind of asking questions up into the attic and here is the audio do you hear it I heard that yes Come up here. And that also sounds like a lower male voice. Right. So think about it. If she is pointing that to an attic. Yeah. I just got chills. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, Ziggy, play play it one more time. (laughs) Right there. Come up here. (laughs) 
We got to thank Rebecca for our favorite new segment, the Dead Pet of the Week. Are we going to sing it? I don't think it? I came up with that. I think you did. I the, don't know. Are we going to sing it? The Dead Pet of, of the Week. Done it correctly. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a chance to share all of the ghost pet stories that we've gotten. They're always really sweet and sad, but the best one so far came out of my root canal. <laughs> and the dental hygienist who worked with me loved this story. This comes from my dental hygienist, Terry, <laughs> who actually worked on my root canal last week. Oh, yay. Yeah, and you'll like this. Terry apparently had a, um, oh, what do you call those things? Uh, you love them. You have one. Um, Boxer? Boxers. Yeah. yeah. So she had this boxer for years mm-hmm. and she loved him. He was her best buddy. He passed away. Mm-hmm. And she said after he died over and over again, they would feel the pressure of him jumping on the bed. Aww. All the time. And she said at first it was just her. She would get in bed for the night and Uh she would feel that boom. Anytime you have an animal, you know that sound and that feeling of him jumping on the bed. And so she would tell her husband. Her husband was like, whatever. Then one night he's in bed with her too. And And it happened. Yeah. And they were like, oh. (laughs) So there was a day she's home alone. Uh I think she was doing like a workout video or something Mm -hmm. on the Xbox. So if you've ever done the Xbox, you know, it has to kind of find you Mm -hmm. so it can judge if you're doing it right or not. When it happens, you see this like an image of yourself on the TV screen. So whenever the image came up of her, there was a dog standing next to her, a boxer-shaped dog standing next to her, just in the image. So she looks down, there's nothing there. But on the TV screen, she can see this thing. And she said she was kicking at it a little bit to see if there was something there. And there was nothing there. So she runs into the other room to grab her phone to get a picture. She comes back and it's gone. it's gone. Yeah, but she's like, I know he's still with me. All right, here we go. It's the number one story of 2019. <laughs> Drum roll, please. That is an amazing sound effect. Thank Was you so it? much for well, that. Thank yes, you. I appreciate it. Uh, so this is going to be no surprise to anyone. Back in season one, we heard from Chris. His story was so shocking that we actually had to drive out to his house because we, I guess, needed proof. Uh, yeah, and we need to go back out there. I know. We seriously need to. I know. I'm so down for that. But we need to get lots of sage before we do. By the way, we also did a Facebook Live from his house, which you can still find on Facebook. And then, of course, things got even crazier from there. So, yes, Chris's house is definitely, say it with me, Julie, haunted Haunted as f***. So I think this was, uh, it was sometime last year and we had a ring doorbell and at three in the morning, our doorbell rang and we weren't paying for the service. So we, uh, so I wake up in the morning and I, I have a notification that our doorbell rang at 3.15 in the morning. So I'm like kind of freaking out and right immediately then and there, I went ahead and paid for, I went ahead and paid for the service and <laughs> record so we can see what was actually happening. So if you don't pay for it, it doesn't actually record it. You can only see it live. Okay. So the very next night we get a, a notification that there's moving movement at our door okay so i didn't think anything of it but i look i watch it and it's just a single notification and this was right around 3 a.m as well and there's an orb just floating around the front of the ring okay i'm i'm a pretty um you're a non-believer of course you're a non-believer because dudes are it takes a lot for me to to really get spooked or freaked out Mm -hmm. or something of the sort so then one night i think this is kind of where i really I kind of started getting a little freaked out, but there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very very nasty, demonic sounding voice. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yes. I told you, yes. It was, it, and as soon as I heard that, and it's, there's no question about it, but as soon as I heard it, I got a, got a really cold chill at my spine. Um, <laughs> I did so I did look, look at my goosebumps oh my God, right now. so goosey right now. Oh, my God, Chris. 
<gasps> What'd you do? Yeah, but so the second video is even more demonic, what? and it's even more clear of what, what it says. Again, it's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and this time it's, uh, I'll kill you. Can we play that audio real quick? Did you hear that? I hear it loud and clear. I'll kill you. I, it straight up says I'll kill you. That's, yeah. And it's weird. I had it going the other day in my house. I got to stop listening to this thing <laughs> at my house. <laughs> I had it going at my house, though. And the audio was turned so far down, but you could still hear the I'll kill you. Yeah. And it freaks me out. So I've watched this video, I don't know, at least a thousand times. Oh, and is I, that you? Yeah, probably. I'm the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I played it in front of my dog and he started whining. You need to watch the Facebook Live that we did that night, too. That yeah. was so much yes. fun. We're sitting on his front porch drinking bourbon and wine, <laughs> not like mixed together. He was drinking bourbon. We were drinking wine. But that was like so crazy because here this house was already haunted yes. and weird. And then something actually happened yeah. when we were out there. Like several different times, actually. Yeah. And don't forget the season three is dropping on January 9th. But only if we get your oh, stories. We're we desperate. <laughs> Send us your stories. What are we going to do? I don't know. We're not going to have a season three if you don't. Don't send your stories to hotadayofpodcast at gmail.com. It will just be Rebecca and I like staring at each other silently. Me reading this one terrible story I found on Reddit with two lines. <laughs> and that'll be the end. And that'll be it. Yes. Be so send all of those to hauntedayofpodcast at gmail.com, either written or the voice memos. We're going to share them all in season three of Haunted AF. All right, Haunted AFers, remember to subscribe, either iTunes, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit as well as our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Ooh, it's so bright and shiny over there. Got to say thanks to our board op, Ziggy Backer. (laughs) (laughs) And to Andrew (laughs) Mamalaga for our theme song. Also, a shout out to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm going to come back and haunt you. Oh, I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca.